When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We got to this spot tonight and we didn't handle it very well. And... You know why? We're going to have to sit down and evaluate individually and collectively. Individually, I mean individually, all of us, not players, just it's coaches and everybody, and evaluate, you know, see what what we feel went wrong and why we were so, um, so good at handling that, you know, adversity all season, and then all of a sudden, boom. Obviously, it's ramped up, a little more pressure, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got to get to a point where, you know, we can handle it to get to the next, uh, the next round. Went to bed last night. You guys were, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of a, a near two-hour Wild Vent Line Judd's Hockey Show, which people can find. It's probably the best therapy you're going to find. Judd's Hockey Show podcast feed and uh, Scornoth YouTube channel. So I woke, I went to bed and you guys were still rocking it. And then I woke up and Judd was still rage tweeting early this morning. Have you slept yet, Judd Zolgad? Uh, briefly, um, in fury, bad dreams, okay. turning, tossing, trying to figure out what I just saw, how I could be so duped, how I could be so stupid as to really believe that this was going to be a different team when they turned out to be the exact same. Uh, how I could believe in a team that didn't, in the end, believe in itself. No, I'm not well. Is I'm not this, well. Maybe this is a pecking order for next Tuesday, so you can, you can sort of have the weekend to sleep on it, but is this the most duped you've ever felt by a hockey team? It's... As an adult, probably. <laughs> well, the North Stars... I, the, in the North Stars days, there were times I was... So the team that went, um, the team that went to the Stanley Cup final in '81. The next year they were outstanding. They won the division by quite a bit. They played the Blackhawks, who weren't that good in the first round, and they got bounced. That was probably more devastating. And if I had been an adult, it probably would have qualified as duped. But I think as an adult, this is the most duped I've been. It's a good idea to to actually allow me to calm myself, calm my brain, and probably sort that out. But this is right up there with all-time sports dupings. Um, and look, you know what, too? And, and I think Dex would agree. Judd's Hockey Show last night, again, probably more than ever, um, really hammered home the fact of the amount of, 
of sports fans in this town who are who are young, but I mean they're not like ten. They're young, but they're you know eighteen and up, who have zero reference points of anything truly good, and, and like Dex. But I, I'm being completely candid when I say this. I feel bad for them, man. Like yeah. I, I at least saw. Now it's a, it's a long time ago, and that must be taken into context. I saw two World Series parades. Um, You've seen two trips to the Stanley Cup Finals, at least. Exactly. With the, with the North Stars. I mean, Dex can speak to this, but people, Dex's age, and my God, like, we got an 18-year-old kid on, and these kids are so smart. Like, they're so bright. They know what's what. So they're not like Pollyanna pie in the sky. And to hear them talk, it makes sports dads hard hurt because they have no good reference points. Zero. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of the age cutoff. So I was uh, I was. I'm 36 years old. I was like six years old when the twins won in 1991. And I have a couple of vague memories of going to my first grade classroom and the newspaper clipping of Kirby Puckett's game six home run is up on the bulletin board. And, you know, we were, I think they were rerunning one of the twins. I think they were like rerunning game six in the cafeteria at one point. So we were like eating lunch and watching game six. I have like vague memories and I'm 36. So I have, Three vague memories, basically, of the 1991 World Series. Anyone my age or younger has nothing. Not one trip to a Stanley Cup Finals, certainly no trips to the NBA Finals, no trips to a World Series, no trips to a Super Bowl, let alone winning any of those championships. It's it's pretty incredible. What, what's so funny to me, and I brought this up with Judd, um, Phil, is when I was... So, like, my, my earliest sports memories, I'm 29, so my early sports, Minnesota sports memories are, like, 2000, 2001, 2-ish. Like, I remember the 01 Twins. I remember 41 Donut is, like, my earliest Vikings memory that season. But what was interesting was in 2002, 3, and 4, I saw the Twins, the Wolves, the Wild all get to their respective championship series. So I saw... Like my first real taste of like Minnesota sports, I saw actually playoff success and I saw them be on the doorstep and I saw the Vikings go to multiple NFC championship games, basically. Mm -hmm. And then after 2005, and we can go down this list, no one has even come close to barely getting out of the first round. So now in my adult years, all I know is the first round exits, which is now kind of ironic to me because when I was a kid and I was 10 and 11 thinking like, is this the norm? Is Minnesota sports on the up and up here? No. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Not even close. Well, Judd, uh, you're not the only one that got duped. At least you didn't put your career on the line believing in this team. The Hockey Whisperer was born on April 30th, 2014, about 10 or 12 hours before a Nino Niederreiter Double overtime, game seven winner over the Colorado Avalanche. He correctly predicted the double overtime and the guy who was going to score it. And it launched a great career of hockey prognostications, observations, thoughts, predictions. And uh, he put his career on the line, the hockey whisperer, this week, last night, because he thought the wild would force a game seven and said, if they do not force a game seven, then what is the point of doing this? Clearly, the Whisperer's radar is not as honed as it once was. And because the Whisperer is a man of his word, he has put together six observations, the final six observations of his Hockey Whisperer career. So this is a funeral for the Whisperer. I mean, it, 
I don't know Irish how play. else to classify it. Right. These are the these are the six final. The hockey whisperer can't go out on a limb for the entertainment purposes of the show and say if they don't win Game Six, yep. he will retire and then back off twenty four hours later. He is a man of his word, and quite mm-hmm. frankly, maybe the wild. It could be that the whisperer's radar is no longer as honed as it was back in the spring of two thousand fourteen. It also could just be that this franchise, regardless of the coach, the front office, and the players, is just incapable of living up to the pressure and expectations that the hockey whisperer tends to put on it. Maybe we'll never know. As we lay the the um, whisperer to rest, I feel like it deserves something special. So, like with any funeral, I'm going to put on a tie. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm rarely, rarely put on a tie. Don't like to. Don't like to wear them. Find them uncomfortable. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to have the tie at least like this. The whisperer appreciates appreciates okay. this classy move. <laughs> I, feel like remember, I feel like I've I only seen Judd in a tie about four times. And... I remember the whisperer. I saw him in a full suit like two or three years ago, and I was just floored. That was Who was that guy? That was a mistake. Why, why yeah. was I in a full suit? I don't remember. <sighs> All right. Six observations, thoughts, etc. from the hockey whisperer here. The final observations of the hockey whisperer's career. Thanks to this dud of a playoff performance by the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. Observation number one. It's more of a thought. The Whisper applauds Mike Russo of The Athletic for telling it like it is this morning and torching this hockey team. The headline on Mike Russo's athletic piece reads, The Wild never fail to disappoint when it matters most. The Whisper just wants to give a round of applause. Yeah. They're telling it like it is. There is no reason to give this team a soft landing after what just happened in these last few games. They deserve to be immersed in their failure. There's no reason to, well, but look at the learning experience, or, well, it's look at the future. No, they soiled themselves after they gained a 2-1 series lead. They were favorites to win the series. They choked. They blew it. They got smoked in the last few games, and they deserve to roll around in it. And so this is how you do your job as a beat writer who covers this team right here. Your job is not to give them a soft landing. It is to let them be immersed in their failure. Nice work, Mike Russo. And Mike has always done a very good job in that vein. But, yeah, this is what the media in this town should be doing. Like there's nothing to be, there is nothing to be learned here. The only thing that you can learn is who do you move on from now? But, like, if you're going to be like, well, Jared Spurgeon, just wait till next year's playoffs. No, 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 no. That's gone. That's gone. That's such crap. So, yes, Mike does a – Mike, for as closely as he covers that team and as much as he has to talk to those people, does a great job of taking them to task when they deserve it. And, yes, that's a – in one of his last acts, the Whisperer got it right. Yeah. Good for, good for Mike Russell. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Sad, this is a sad yeah. day. Well, speaking of deciding on which players you should move on from, observation number two from the Hockey Whisperer. On the Wilds' Mount Rushmore of playoff frauds, not just this year, on the Wilds' historical Mount Rushmore of playoff frauds, Kevin Fiala is the George Washington. Oh! Mm-hmm. So we remember, we criticized Jason Zucker for years for, well, this guy scores 25, 30 goals in the regular season. Where are the goals in the playoffs when you need a crucial game three or something, right, to swing a series? 
Jason Zucker, four goals in 31 playoff games for the Wild, which is atrocious. Kevin Fiala, over his last 15 playoff games, has one goal on 45 shot attempts. And the Wild are a minus 12 when he's been on the ice over those 15 games. Dude, he's a fraud. Sorry, Dex. I know he's your guy. He is a playoff fraud, Kevin Fiala. Oh, he also has, I think, four or five assists over those five games. Well, two of them, literally a mannequin could have shuffled the puck over to Kirill Kaprizov, who was the actual magician on those exchanges. So, yeah. Yeah. Dex? Defend your guy. I, Dex. I think the George, the George Washington, still belongs to the uh, J, to Jason Zucker, but I I, w- I will not disagree that he belongs on there, and he's probably more of uh, your Teddy Roosevelt or your Thomas Jefferson. I think Zucker is still your your George Washington level fraud. Charlie Coyle certainly is still on there. Um, look, Fiala has an edge to him that those other guys don't have, and that does not excuse his him not showing up and it basically being this D'Angelo Russell uh, of the Minnesota Wild in the postseason to a degree. But it, it's extremely disappointing. Like, Kirill showed up. Kirill scored seven of the 15 goals the Wild scored this year, or in the, in the postseason, and they needed Fiala. They needed him to be the Robin. He was the Robin to, to Kirill's Batman all season long. And for whatever reason, uh, Fiala now is back on a wanted poster, MIA, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's moved on. But I don't know if I'd call him the George Washington but I get what you're calling it. Does not matter? He's on there, and he was terrible. Yeah. And look, they, they had a bunch of guys that absolutely did nothing um, who are good players, and there's no excuse for it. Again, I'm not going to make excuses. People will say, well, they've had a lot of guys. We're going to find out we're hurt. Well, guess what? The Blues were without four defensemen in game I, four. Everyone's four, hurt. Everyone has broken defensemen. bones, missing and, teeth. It's... But here's the thing. If you are hurt so badly that, you, that you're going to be bad or can't contribute, then you don't play. The Blues did exactly that. The Blues got guys back and in some cases said you can't play. So, like, if you can't play and you play and you're and you're terrible, that's on you and the team. That's not an excuse. Like, there are no excuses for what we saw. Jared Spurgeon, Brodeen. Uh, last night, Marcus Foligno was terrible. Marcus Foligno was absolutely terrible. And I know he's got a bad knee, but again, if you can't contribute, like, if you're going to be a minus player... Everyone has to then say, should you play? Um, yeah, I, I am. I'm done. I'm done with the whole thing. I'm done. This is, I don't, I hated previous wild teams. I don't hate this team, but I hate what they did in game, starting the third period of game five. I hate it. I Are you done with Fiala? He's going to be moved. He's going to be moved. Um, I can did, guarantee did that, you this. Do you think that decision, do you think he was going to be moved before game one? And do you think, think these six games have swayed that decision? I think they were leaning towards trading him before ga- game one. Now, personally, like Dex and I were like, wow, with how he's playing, I don't think that you can. Um, I think Bill Guerin was probably in the camp of I'm, gonna, I'm going to trade him. That decision, though, what was made easy. Kevin made that simple now. Um, but there is no one, I guarantee you this, there is nobody more pissed off today than Bill Guerin. Like a guy who's won four cups does not watch that crap and like, well, I mean, we, I mean, we're coming a long way. And Bill Garrett knows this too, and this is very important. This team's about to go into cap hell. This was the run, and the reason why they got they got um, Delorier and Flurry over to Middleton over to Jost. They made those trades based on the fact that they knew very well that for the next 
few years, it's going to be very tough to add. So I guarantee you, Bill, Bill Guerin's ticked, and I guarantee you that he is going to do a hard audit of what went wrong here. And one of the people, and I hope the Whisper talks about this, that he's going to look at is the guy behind the bench. It's actually pretty remarkable, too, when you think about all the moves. And I hope people, and you could maybe even do this with the Valley Sports theme playing uh, in, in the background as I do this. Uh, it's actually remarkable all the trades Bill Guerin made and the Wilds still have a draft pick in each of the first six rounds of this draft. It's actually pretty impressive when you think of that because of all the things they did. The future Coming is bright next. for this hockey franchise. Look at all the young talent they can inject into uh, this system. The flurry trade the, didn't cost him a first-round pick. Maybe elimination was good. good yeah. Coming up next. So let's actually, so of the six observations, there's four remaining here. Uh, the Whisper doesn't have one specific to Dean Evison. So let's go down that path for a second here. I know that you've had some issues, Judd, with just his... The big change was either too late or misguided. In fact, you know what? Let's let's go into this one. Observation number... Uh, I'm going to shuffle these around here on behalf of the Whisperer. Observation number three is the decision to start Cam Talbot turned out to be a desperate, futile exercise. Correct. I don't know that it backfired because, you know, you got to score goals. That, if you're not scoring three or four goals anyways, it probably doesn't matter who your goaltender is, but it was just, it just seemed like a panicked, desperate move. And that's the way that it looked. I mean, in fairness to Talbot, the guy hasn't played in three weeks or whatever it is, and now you're asking him to just go in in a backs-against-the-wall game against a team on the road. So maybe this is the Everson conversation, which is of all the different buttons he could have pushed, of all the different things he could have done, this was kind of the big one, and it just felt off. And I... And, and maybe the whisperer should have gone out and, and, and made it more clear that he would have left Marc-Andre Fleury in. If you're going to go this far with Fleury, you might as well just stick with him. Um, but I don't know. What did you guys think? Like, How would you rate Dean Evison in the series and as the coach of this team going forward, confidence scale 1 to 10, 1 being fire his ass, 10 being not his fault at all whatsoever? It, in the series, he gets an F. And the problem is this. As a so player, like a 1? Yeah, you just you took my number scale and made it a letter scale. Classic right? it's a zero. I, I mean, that's, no, that's no, good. no. He, it's a zero in the playoffs. It's a zero, and and he did a bad job last year against the Golden Knights as well. As a regular season coach, he is probably an eight. He does a great job. He lets the players police themselves. The locker room is is I I don't think that's a big problem now. Um, as a as far as going forward in the playoffs, like if you're talking about my confidence, it's a one. It's a one. He didn't. He does not adjust. He keeps things. He is stubborn to a fault, uh, which in January can work out. In the springtime, look, playoff hockey whisperer in our last segment together ever, playoff hockey can be random because the sport can be, but it's also series, seven-game series are also strategic which means coaching comes into play, which means I'll give you an example of, of um, desperation versus adjustment. Jordan Bennington taking over for Huso in game three was an adjustment that worked brilliantly, but it wasn't desperation. Huso didn't have to be like, he wasn't uh, great in game two, but he was certainly great in, in game one. And I guarantee you if Dean was behind the blues bench, he doesn't, he does not make that move. But Barubi saw opportunity for adjustment that was best for the team. I agree with the whisperer, Declan, in that the Talbot thing, it was right or wrong, desperation. 
It was yeah. uh, we. It was the old we need a spark move. Uh, Bennington wasn't spark move. It it was Ruby knew a lot of things, including the fact, and like he played Dino, he knew that Bennington could play the puck. Bennington's ability to play the puck, then then basically took the Wild forecheck and forced them to adjust to the adjustment. And here is what happened when that took place. Hold on a second. Who's got crickets? Because the Wild did nothing about it. They're like, oh, I guess our forecheck. It's literally the Vikings against the Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium. Justin Jefferson, seven first half catches. And the Lions say, oh, we're going to roll some safety help. And the Vikings say, okay, that's it then. Justin's done. Okay, here's a question for you. I know the Islanders missed the playoffs this season. Oh, God. And that's why Barry Trotz got fired. Oh, boy. In the previous <laughs> oh my God. seven years before that, Oh my God! Barry Trotz never lost in the first round. He has a Stanley Cup with Washington before the contract dispute bounced him out to New York. He's not even sixty years old. Barry Trotz has been around for twenty five years. He looks like he's eighty, but he's not even (laughs) sixty. Would you consider? I mean, how rare is the opportunity for a Barry Trotz to be just sitting out there, available to be hired as a coach? Would you consider Uh, it? Would I consider? I'd consider everything right now. I'd consider everything because the because the question is this. Do you have players and a coach that can get you to the Stanley Cup final? Not can you get a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Points don't matter. What what Patrick Royce said um in his appearance today with us is a thousand percent right. Regular season success in hockey means nothing. Nobody cares. Hang your hang, you know. The wild Northwest Division champions. The banner hangs. Go burn that banner. Get, get, get rid of that banner. That banner is embarrassing. <laughs> um, playoff runs and playoff success and Stanley Cups ultimately are what matter. And I think what we saw, like if you want to say, you know, coming up next on Valley Sports North, what the wild learned, it's about jettisoning people. It's about judging people. It's about saying not they learned, but who no longer belongs. And look, Dean Dean made a case, and I do not think, to be clear, he's going to be fired, but I think Dean made a very good case to be fired. When you can adjust, when you don't adjust. Um, playoff hockey is very much like football. It is a, it, it's a series of adjustments, strategic, small. Barubi shuffled lines, and he didn't do it willy-nilly. He did it to get guys away from the Eckline. And, the, and basically, the Eckline after that went right downhill. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. He manipulated his defensemen like a puppeteer. That's what I'm talking about when I say the coaches puppeteer teams. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm saying they literally puppeteer teams. The smart ones do. And that also means knowing when to let your players play. But you got to know when to pull the reins, guys. You got to know when to pull the reins. And Dean didn't make, and that coaching staff did nothing to help the team. You know, he's not going anywhere. I'd be shocked. They just extended him. He's not going anywhere yet. Barry Trotz, yes, arguably one of the better coaches in the NHL that's now all of a sudden available. Um, and, you know, Barubi literally skated circles around Dean when, in terms of, for the lack of better words, when it comes to these coaching decisions in the postseason. And, I mean, for God's sakes, he started slappies in game threes and four when they were out of their defensemen. Scott Perunovich from UMD, great kid, 
awesome guy at UMD came in to the postseason after missing the last few weeks, and I know he was hurt. They started a kid as an extra forward because they were that banged up and the Wild weren't able to take advantage. To the Bennington point, like Jordan Bennington can play the puck, and that's great. Jordan Bennington didn't steal this series for St. Louis, in my opinion. And I saw some Blues fans chirping Score North's Twitter account after the graphic was pulled because Bennington had lost nine consecutive playoff starts going in to Game 4. That's a stat, dude. That's a fact. That's the case. That it didn't age poorly. That was a fact about Jordan Bennington. And he did not steal this series. The Wild shot themselves in the foot and sabotaged themselves, and Bennington reaped the benefits. Um, I don't think Dean Evason goes anywhere yet. Look, he's he. Gibby made this point with us, a, a wild listener on Bentline. He's a, he's Mark Jackson with the Warriors right now. Like Mark Jackson was a great regular season coach that never got that Warriors team over the hump. Steve Kerr comes in, helps push some extra buttons, and obviously getting Draymond Green, then eventually Kevin Durant makes things a lot easier for you. But great regular season coach, not really a good postseason coach, and and it's the evidence is right in front of you. Yeah, observation number four. This is some, some good good fodder here. Hockey Whisper is. Uh is happy with the way these final observations are going, just generating some good discussion here. That's all he's ever really wanted to do is entertain the hockey fans and, and generate good discussion and win Stanley Cups. And unfortunately, he fell short of that third goal. Uh, observation number four, Kirill Kaprizov, quite simply, deserved better. Dex already mentioned it. The Wild scored 15 goals in the series, seven by Kaprizov, eight by his underachieving, overwhelmed, choking teammates. I've also seen some people saying, well, no, it's it's Marc-Andre Fleury is the one that you should feel bad for because, you know, he's 37. This might have been his last chance. He's got three cups already. He's Hall of Fame bound. Whatever. Like, he's going to be fine. And Kaprizov's going to have a long career, too. But this was just a great opportunity. He rose to the occasion. He stepped up when they needed him. And all he needed was for a teammate or two to join the party. The ask was not that much. And despite the low bar and the low asking price, his teammates could not pay up and deliver. I think Kaprizov was the best player in the series on both teams. He deserved better. It's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, and this is where Bill Guerin let the team down. Um, and we, and Declan and I, and a ton of people who follow this team expressed concern starting in training camp about the lack of a true number one center. And, I mean, Bill came on our show and talked to, you know, basically shouted it from the mountaintop. You know, you guys are too focused on that. We've got guys that can play. And during the regular season, he was proven pretty doggone right. Ryan Hartman, Goudreau, uh, played well. Hartman probably had a career year. The problem is, we were proven right when it mattered most, which was the playoffs. Ryan Hartman disappeared. Not because not he didn't try hard. He did try hard. He just couldn't do it. He literally, uh, it, you know, if the regular season ceiling is here and the playoff ceiling is here, right? Hartman hit this one, and he couldn't get above it. Goudreau, same thing. And so this is where I will point at Bill. And I, you know, I don't know what was out there. I don't know what the possibilities were. But, I mean, this goes back to the summertime. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov deserved a center who could at least help him be great. Um, when Kirill Kaprizov made plays, he often, in, unfortunately, in the playoffs, did it by himself. Or Zuccarello set him up for a great goal in game two. But the other problem is, here. here's another problem. Zuccarello disappeared too. Like for the most yep. part, where was he? And 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 he's supposedly the 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 Robin to Kirill's uh, Batman. So 
Yeah, I do think the fact that this team, not only do they not have a number one center, they don't have a two. And Eric Sinek is fine where he, he is, but I don't think that, oh man, just move, move him up with Kirill. We sort of saw that. It doesn't work. Um, Kirill Kaprizov deserved better, and it was prophesized, prophesized from the Hockey Mountaintop Whisperer that this would happen. We just didn't know when. Well, unfortunately, it was the first round against the Blues. No. Well, let's transition here because this one kind of goes hand-in-hand with observation number four. Observation number five of six. We're nearing the end here for the Hockey Whisperer. No team in the NHL bungles a power play quite like the Minnesota Wild. Let's start with the fact that this is a do-or-die game. It's a must-win game. You're on the road, and you are gifted two power plays in the first eight minutes of the first period, and you can't cash in. You can barely get shots off, for God's sakes. Right. All right. Then your third power play comes along, and Marcus Felino, who, listen, Marcus Felino, I think he was probably their second or third best player in the series. You know, he had that just freight train performance the previous game with 10-plus hits. He's going around just headhunting everyone. Mm-hmm. But he passes up a wide-open shot in the slot yep. and tries to get cute. Felino trying to get cute with a little dump pass. Yep. thinking that there was somebody behind him. There wasn't. The puck glides out of the zone. They waste another 20 seconds. What are you doing, dude? Fire the puck. You're gifted two power plays early. Your third power play, you're getting too cute. The Blues, meanwhile, play a perfect game of tic-tac-toe on their third goal. Uh, I believe they scored on like 30% of their power plays in the series, and that was the biggest glaring difference between these two teams. Ineptitude by the Wild on the power play surgery by the blues on theirs. Well, and let's talk about this too. Yes, and the blues power play and special teams was very good. But that does not mean that you go into the series with the thing of, well, I guess they I guess they're good and we're not. What about the penalty kill? What about last night? What about Ryan O'Reilly being allowed to stand in the slot? That is two things. Lack of execution and lack of effort. Um the power play struggles, and both of these fall back into the head coach conversation because the power play struggles. The one time that they scored the power play goal, and I believe they scored two power play goals in game two, and they scored two in game five, and that was their four power play goals for the entire series. The first power play goal in game five was the one where Felino and Eck changed, and Felino's on the second power play, and that's what we had talked about on Judd's Hockey Show. Put Felino out there. He creates a great screen. Eck works hard and is good. But Felino is like an ideal screen guy. And guess what? Kaprizov scored because of the screen. Um, they came back then in that game last night. Same power plays. Same power plays. Just ran it back. Didn't try anything different. Nothing different. Uh, the penalty kill, they played stupid. That's the other thing, too, is we need to focus on how stupid the Wild played. How, you know, uh, Dumba in, in, cause we, we can talk about, well, the blues were down four defensemen in game, uh, in game four, which is accurate. And that's incredibly frustrating, but nobody said Matt Dumba, you have to make one of the stupidest passes possible to Ryan O'Reilly. Basically, um, the third goal, the Tarasenko goal in game five, if you go back and watch that. What led up to that goal is inexcusable, and it's on coaching too, okay? So the Blues dump the puck in as the guy is about to get to the red line. It's arguably p- 
potentially icing. Ryan Hartman puts his arm up as if to, to say that's going to be icing. He therefore slows up. The puck comes into behind the net. Flurry, potentially thinking it's going to be icing, allows the puck to go. Middleton, expecting Flurry to get the puck and stop it for, for him, gets beaten by, um, by the Blues player, Butch Davis, to the puck, <laughs> who centers the puck, <laughs> who centers the puck for Tarasenko, who Greenway has failed to pick up, even though that's Jordan's man. That's three or four stupid mistakes that cannot ha- happen. And part of my theory is Flurry allowed that puck to, to go. Because from the press box, Judd's scouting report said, unlike Bennington, Mark Andre Fleury doesn't play the puck well. Are Judd's, and, are Judd's scouting reports written out in, in sort of hand in a notebook? Or what, what, what format are they usually? They're in my, note, they're in my notes. They're in my notes. I keep, I keep my notes. But, it, but the point is, if he let the puck go because he doesn't play the puck well, that's not ideal, but I sort of get that because, because if you screw that up, it's a big problem. Um, miscommunication in the playoffs, like not being on the same page, like pulling up and thinking that it's going to be icing, yeah. Greenway not picking up Tarasenko, all of these things from top to bottom are inexcusable, and it's how you lose games. And it's also how you get to a point of doing what they did last night, which in my opinion is quitting. So tell me how any of this is, like, you You tell me, Bally's, today, you spin this one, get off the golf course and spin this one for me. Give me the positive here. What's the positive? What's we the got news? on to Declan Goff, who is rinkside. He's a driving a chip away from hitting a par today. Yeah, that's that's basically what that's what that looks like. Judd, no, Judd nails it. It's it's embarrassing. Um, there, there is no real way to to get around it. I, I I'm sad and pissed. I thought this was going to be a, a nice lengthy run, um, and and here we are. Another early first round exit, six game exit for for what it was about effing winning. Well, that's another about another first round exit. Can I so draw got qu- that going for us? <laughs> Can I draw a quick parallel to Dino? Rocco Baldelli playoffs. Yeah, what works for me and, in the regular season is going to work for me in the playoffs. No, actually, and, that's not true. And in both cases, I would argue that it you have a a lot less influence over what happens. As a hockey coach and a baseball manager, like the, the players are going to decide what happens by and large, but there are things you can do to put players in better situations and at least make the chessboard look a little bit more competitive. And yeah, both those guys. I think with Rocco, it almost it almost feels like he's a passive bystander personality wise. Yeah. Sometimes too, Dean doesn't give off that vibe at all personality wise, and yet he kind of stared at this thing for six games and was like, oh, with a menacing grimmest face, chiseled jawline. I love when they'd show him after each mounting St. Louis goal and he's just like grinding his teeth and looking up at the scoreboard. That that dude could kick our asses all at once. Blindfolded with one hand behind his back. That guy is, I I guarantee you, that guy is strong as hell. (laughs) Yeah, I would say Rocco, yeah, Rocco's more of a deferring and passenger and Dino just, it it, it just looks like I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to let the players figure it out, which... To be honestly, I I respect to a degree, but dude, you got to push some buttons here. Like Craig Berube was down all these defensemen and, and was and was had his season on the brink down two to one, and he pushes the right buttons. It's like Dean just kind of just watched. He just watched you watched you hit the iceberg and watch everyone sink and die. Iceberg right ahead, Dino. Just well, uh, just pissed off. I'm going to beat that iceberg up. Uh, but but your yes. your job your job is not to like make these huge sweeping changes, right? Like it's not like to be oh my god, I'm, I'm 
your job is to do what Ruby did. Or or in Rocco's case, it's to say, you know what? Jose Barrios stays in today. Like it's to make it's to give guys chances to succeed. Because no. Phil, you're right. The players ultimately decide it. But you earn your stripes and your money by doing the by doing what might appear to be small things that are incredibly important. No. Dean did none of those things. Well, the the whisper has been trying to drag this out because he just doesn't. I don't want him to go. He, he, it's it's hard for I him to believe to that to things escalated to this point after eight years putting his career on the line for a game six in St. Louis. But uh, we have reached the sixth and final observation here, and uh, the whisper just wants the audience wants you guys to know how much he's enjoyed being your favorite hockey prognosticator over the past eight years. Uh, but for this final observation, he wants you to know also that he's fed up and wants to raise two middle fingers to the sky on his way out of this seat. Observation number six. Minnesota sports teams are the weakest-minded teams in all of America. None of them overcome adversity. 60 years of North Stars and wild hockey. The state of hockey. We've branded this the state of hockey. 60 years no championships, over 20 years of wild hockey, one trip beyond the second round of the playoffs, 60 years of Vikings football, zero championships, 30 years of Timberwolves basketball, one meaningful playoff run, 18 years of Twins baseball since 2004, 0-18 in playoff games. The whisperer, quite frankly, boys, is above all of this. He will no longer be dragged down by this cesspool of mediocrity that is Minnesota sports. He's putting his swimsuit on, his sunglasses on, and he is riding off to some beach somewhere. Don't be sad because it's over. Smile because the Nino Niederreiter double overtime goal happened in 2014. Whisperer, out. It's like saying goodbye. Yeah, it's like saying goodbye to a friend. Standing man. ovation, Declan. All we can do is yep. applaud. The Whisperer has left the building. Whisperer. Whisperer. Let's get an encore. Whisperer. Whisperer. The streak. The streak is over. It was career versus the streak. Yeah, this was this, was this uh, Mac- encore. This Mac- encore. Whisperer. Macadac Mac- had to come back to uh, you know, finish out the, the rest of the show here. We want the Whisperer. We want the whisper. Who, who's got my lighter? I don't know. I, I feel like there Still, might to continue um, to continue the wrestling parallels I'm making here. I feel like there's a there's maybe an American badass or back to dead man pivot that uh, that the whisperer could be making in in future months. An evolution. Have his injury and, and well, evolution. The from whisperer, the legend killer to the viper, something like that. Sure. Well, the whisperer will leave you with with this thought. He's done with observations and prognostications. Oh. He's done with observations and prognostications, oh. okay? Oh, I thought we were burying the whisper. But, well, if that's not the case, I'm going to take this tie off. I'm just saying, maybe I mean, maybe, sure maybe in the back, future, the maybe in the future he has thoughts. Maybe in the future he has points well, are, of emphasis are they or stati- statistics the of interest. Now, are they going to come from the beach? Yeah, it's going to be like, what's that movie with uh, 
Michael Douglas, where he's got the you know the early the late eighties, early nineties at Wall Street. He's gonna be walking up and down the beach with an early nineties phone, like a brick okay. up to his ear, just gi- okay. giving you statistics of interest. Maybe in a year from now, we'll see. So the whisperer might be a consultant for Mackie and Judd, is what you're <laughs> Could saying. Be. He's open to work, okay, but he needs he needs to take some time away. He he really he he will not be dragged down by this cesspool of mediocrity. Put his career on the line last night and bit him in the ass. It did. Yep, that's true. Uh, all right, boys, we still have some feedback here on this Feedback Friday, Mackie and Judd, where we take all of your questions, concerns, curiosities, critiques, whatever it may be, and a lot of them are, as you can imagine, in the same bin here. People are just pissed off, just done with these short playoff runs. Yeah. So let's start with maybe this is a new way to to craft your outlook here. This is from Jamie K via the Score North app. Phil Judd and Declan, after yet another disappointing end to a sports season, first the Vikings, then the Wolves, now the Wild, I've decided after an epiphany I had that um, uh, after that embarrassing Game 5 loss by the Wild, I am no longer, so he's talking about Game 5, I am no longer going to let these teams steal my joy. Come to think of it, these teams have never given any of us fans any joy. And if you are a certain age, that is very much true. Now I get sports is only another form of entertainment. But as the late, great Owen Hart always said, enough is enough and it's time for a change. So I propose financial boycotts of these teams until they can prove they are ready to go all in for their respective titles. I'm sick and tired of mediocrity. Win important games for once. Jamie K. I've seen this before. Um, I can't get on board with it. Like, because that would mean I'm not going to, or wouldn't, it would mean I'm condoning not going to games. And I can't do that. I can't condone that because I still love sports. I, I want to ask, I want to continue to ask for more, but I'm not on the boycott uh, train, if that makes sense. So personally, I get it. I get your frustration. And you do you, Jamie. You do you. This is not a criticism. Um, I've just seen this before, and I can't go as far as saying, like, because like, I've seen stop watching, stuff. Yeah. And I, I get frustrated, too. I guess that's just not in my DNA. I, guess I actually think you're kind of, it's not really realistic, too. People are going to go, there's going to be new generations of fans. People are going to spend money. So it's like you, you not going to games is not going to put a dent. But I will say, Twins fans collectively have kind of done this. I mean, Dex yeah. was at the games yesterday. They're like 23rd in attendance this season, even after yeah. signing Carlos Correa. There's just two decades of failure and apathy attached to that franchise because, mm-hmm. in part because you know, some of the core players haven't performed in the playoffs, but they've also been kind of afraid to make the big move, to spend on the big pitcher, to make the big trade deadline acquisition. They've wanted to sort of have their cake and eat it too, and it's blown up in their face, and now fans are responding by saying, I'm not sorry, I'm not going to pay 150 bucks for, you know, my family of three to go to a game and eat a couple hot dogs. Not and until I mean, you prove that you are back yeah, on like, top in some way. And that is a good way to to like we we talk about you know trying to hold teams accountable. I mean, if you don't go, it hurts them. Um, so despite the fact that I that's not like my big thing, if you just have said, you know what, I'm done with this. Yeah, your frustrations you. justified. Hundred yeah. percent. Any frustration that we hear today, I am not going to laugh at and be like, oh, yeah, but the team's trying. No, no, you're right. I mean, I love the fact that we provide a platform 
one of the few, it feels like, for people to be passionate about their sports grief. Yeah. You are not a crap fan if you oh. are frustrated and want these teams fan. to be better. You're an, you're an awesome fan. You're a great fan to us. <laughs> and you you're always welcome on VetLine, Mackie, and Judd. Purple and you're Daniel. right to be mad. Yeah. You're, you're right. You should, you should never be mocked for being pissed off about these things. Exactly. And you know what? I, and I'm not going to mock people that choose to view the sports world through a positive lens either. If that's, I mean, if that's how you, cool, that's awesome. Um, this next one from Brian is not going to help this discussion. It's probably only going to fuel it. Yep. Brian via the Score North app says, I did some research. Since the year 2000, here are the playoff records for the four no. major men's teams in town. This is good. This is good research, by the way. So the Wild are, f- I'll give you the, the series records and then the game records here. From okay. Brian. So the okay. Wild are four and eleven in playoff series, thirty-two and forty-eight in playoff games. The Twins since two thousand are one and eight in playoff series, six and twenty-seven in playoff games, and zero and eighteen in their last eighteen. Yep. The Wolves are two and six in playoff series, seventeen and twenty-nine in playoff games. The Vikings are five and eight in the playoffs. So the summary is. These teams are seven and twenty-five in playoff series, sixty and one twelve in playoff games since the year two thousand. They're getting Declan. beat two out of every three playoff games. That's you. That's Declan. Like that's it's incredible, amazing. It's so bad. It's so bad. And now there are some franchises. Like Cleveland just didn't go to the playoffs for like twenty years. You know the Buffalo Bills right. until they got Josh Allen. Right. So I guess would you rather? The Lions, you know, would you rather be that and just never going? I mean, I, I'll take a team and, and collectively four teams that at least go to the playoffs and stuff, but my God, that's pathetic. And playoffs I mean, have expanded too, so. Yeah. Like, imagine, imagine you, you, you've been you've been a Royals fan, but you saw them go to the World Series a couple times. The Bengals for GD6 made the Super Bowl last year. I mean, we talk about the Chicago Black. A lot of hockey fans who are probably younger have seen, oh, like, what are you talking about? Chicago Blackhawks, they won three cups. They were awful. For years and years and years, the Panthers have been to a couple Super Bowls. Like, for God's sakes, how, how have how, how have a minute? How has a Minnesota men's professional team not just somehow by happenstance gotten there when all these other random fan bases have been there? It's nuts, man. Well, it's and nuts. and Phil, to your Bills' point, the Bills did have a huge run of of being futile, but. They've been to four Super Bowls, lost them all since the Vikings have been to one. Yeah, they, so they like, are the they are basically the, the early '90s Bills are the '70s Vikings, right? Exactly, really good. Exactly. But, but my but my point is this: if I told you in the next ten years that the Vikings were going to go to four Super Bowls, coin flip, you know, you don't know that they they could win one or two, whatever, and then they were going to go on, let's say, a fifteen to twenty year run of not being good, or they're going to just maintain being a good solid team that occasionally suffers a devastating loss in the conference championship game which do you take yeah well i would t- i think it's what it's would you deal, but- i would take an unknown period of 20 years if it meant two trips to the super bowl in like a four year stretch and then hey the next 20 years could be anything could be a lions like stretch cool i'll take the two super bowls and take my chances steve weiner via the scorner app 
other than Middleton, I can't think of one defenseman I'd bring back to the Wild. The Wild need defensemen that play like Greenway, Eck, and Felino, guys that treat opponents in front of the crease equal to how Erickson Eck gets treated in there. Make opponents forwards fight as hard as Erickson Eck does. The Wilds' defense should look and act more like Mike Tyson than Fred Astaire. The back line is the most glaring weakness of this team. They can't get the puck out of their zone. They don't do enough to protect their goalie. Absolutely all true. Um, now, I now, now, am I going to move on from all of them? Probably not. But you know what? They don't have. And Middleton, when he was added in the season, was a really nice pickup. In the playoffs, he was okay. Um, but what they need is, and, and look, how many times do we see the Wild play teams like this in the playoffs and they always have this guy, Colton Perenko. He's not a great player, but you know what he does? He kicks the crap out of the opponent, and he's and, and he's a very functional player, and he's a big, mean guy. Um, and I know exactly, like, that point is a great point. You know, look at the goal number two in the Blues Wild game in game five at the X. Brandon side in front. In that case, Brodeen and Spurgeon are standing in front. Spurgeon fails to sufficiently tie Sod up and Brodeen just gets beat. So yeah. Yeah, again, um w- would I clear the entire blue line out? No. Do I have a frustration about the fact that they don't have that big defenseman who who can log uh tons of playing time and and not physic or not fighting wise, but physically beat up on opponents? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it's I mean, incredibly frustrating. Br- Braden Shen, dude, is and he's a forward for the blues, but Braden Shen, he has that Pat Bev to him. Like he has the he has that Patrick Beverly <laughs> edge to him that people hate him and he's got some talent too. You know, the wild fans have crapped on on guys like Shen. They've crapped on guys like Ryan Reeves, who played for Vegas and has been a thorn in the side of them before too. Like those guys are goons and some of them do cheap stuff. But at the end of the day, when they're on your team and those Pat Beverleys, those AJ Pierzinskis are with you, you love them. But yet hate playing against them in the wild do have do lack that edge, that edge player that can piss people off. They don't have it. Yeah. Real quick, so uh, unfortunately you won't be able to do pick games for our favorite wild players anymore. But if you still have the itch to get a sweat on games, Underdog Fantasy, we have discovered this in the past month, month and a half or so, and Underdog Fantasy, the app, and underdogfantasy.com, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports and get a sweat on games. So you got all sorts of basketball and hockey playoff games still, even without the Minnesota teams involved. And uh, you can, with these pick'em games, you can pick over or unders on some of your favorite or least favorite player stats and win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it very simple with their easy-to-use website, mobile apps, interfaces. It's so easy that Judd can use them. I believe Judd's yeah, I in do. There, splashing around. A lot of sweat. So, so uh, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, will get you uh, double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash. Promo code SCORE if you want to get a sweat on and have a good time on the Underdog Fantasy app. The sports sweats. The sports sweats, that's right. Not the meat sweats. The sports Not the sweats. meat sweats. I'll take them both. Actually. I'll, I'll take a meat sweat, though. I love oh, you guys meat sweats. Oh, I hate the meat sweats. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Bryce Dockin via the Score North app says, the one sport I'm not a diehard fan of in Minnesota is hockey. 
Wait, I'm not a diehard fan. Minnesota fan is hockey. Okay. Montreal has always been my team, but I've noticed some things while watching the Wild compared to the Canadians and the rest of the league. If the Wild ever want to be real cup contenders, they need one of the top five goalies in the league. It's the same pattern over and over. You either have the most ridiculous roster or a very good roster and a top goalie. And I think it's fair to say the Wild had had a really good roster. It wasn't like an avalanche roster. But do you guys, I mean, is that a realistic assessment that, hey, unless you get a top five goalie, you're probably screwed or what? I I don't agree with that. Um, I think you definitely need different roster construction, which which we saw in the last six games. Uh, and I don't know what Dex thinks, but I think that you need a good goaltender, a guy that can steal you games. But does that guy need to be considered a top five? I don't think so. It needs to be a good, solid goaltender. Yeah, I mean, look, goaltending can uh, make up for a lot of things. And I know what he's saying there. Like, Carey Price um, at his peak. I mean, look, Montreal actually won, went to a Stanley Cup last year, which is pretty hilarious. But uh, goaltending can make up for that to a degree. But also, you've seen guys like Jordan Bennington step into that Blues team and help them get to a Stanley Cup. So there's a little bit of luck and factor there. But yes, it you want to have those two married and have those two things working at the right times. And it just... One of those always seems to collapse for the wild when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. Let's see here. Durlicker one via the score North app says, I feel bad for Kaprizov and don't feel great about Dino's hard nosed love of the lines moving forward. Dumba scored on a made up uh, on a made up line in game six. Sometimes you mix up a line for the burst of energy, not as a permanent move. Dean refused until he was extremely desperate down by four and facing elimination. I'm not mad, just disappointed. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You you juggle lines to spark players. Um, and that's why lines are often mixed up. And I respected the fact that Dean was old school in the fact that he his desire was to keep lines together. The continuity can be a very va- valuable thing. And like the Eck line obviously uh, worked well together. But every adjustment that Dean eventually made in the series reeked of desperation not of not of strategy that's my problem with it mm. um you cannot look at kevin fiala through like the first two games and be like oh yeah yeah we're keeping that you got to say no i got to get him going and and at least give myself a chance now if he continues to struggle that's too bad but at least you're doing something like hockey players need to sometimes need to have their attention grabbed by their coaches it can't be all the time because then it starts to fall on deaf ears but if you do it right guys are like oh and that's what happened with the blues that's what happened with the blues they made subtle line adjustments that were huge tarasenko guess what you got to get his attention they did he got a hat trick so that note is spot on and that's again my problem with dean is he didn't do anything that gave his team a chance he just sort of sat back and observed it, which in the playoffs is a massive mistake. Yeah. Uh, final thing here. I, I, I threw this tweet out. This is probably perfect for Feedback Friday. I can't read all of these because there's some, you know, we, we try to keep it uh, kid-friendly here on the show in terms of language. But I tweeted out last night, describe being a Minnesota sports fan in three words or less. <laughs> oh, uh, obvious. I'm so tired. Song. Always utter disappointment, expect the worst, uncontrolled self-pity, 
drinking by noon. Hey, oh, uh, I like that one. It's good. Never good enough. Oh, my God. A bleeping disaster. Unrelenting, excruciating suffering. Unbelievably, shockingly upsetting. Heartache, disappointing, depressing. Flyover country. God hates me. And there's literally like a thousand more of these, but... Some of those are very good. They're very accurate. They're very on point. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, shake it off, everyone. I think this means Action Movie Rewind might make a return very quickly on Mackie and Joe. We were kind of hoping that, you know, maybe through the month of May we can get a playoff run or something. But It's going to have too much to ask for. I I do have a wedding tomorrow. I do have a, it's my only wedding I have all year, shockingly. I, like, I've. I'm at that age, you know, where like you have just like boatloads of wedding during mm-hmm. wedding seasons. And I think maybe like the COVID times kind of caught up to people and whatnot. But I only had this. The only wedding I have is Saturday is tomorrow. So selfishly, I'm glad it's in the boonies in Wisconsin. It's like at, on a farm far away. I don't even know if I'll have cell phone service or what. So Scary. at least I I'm not I don't have to worry about like trying to find game seven or doing wild vent line with Judd from from a boon from farm, a, bar, a barn in the barn. AJ was going to help you. Who you forgot? By the way, Phil, uh, uh, Judd forgot who AJ was like three days ago. I forgot on his name. I knew who he was. I could I could see his face, but I couldn't remember. It was late at night. I was doing Judd's hockey show, and I forgot his name. That's totally true. I did. <laughs> so selfishly, I'm glad I don't have. I apologize. To deal with that. AJ, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. AJ's but awesome. That was that was going to be a big spot for AJ. Well, maybe maybe we can just do like a mock. Like if there was a game seven, let's do a vent line with AJ and Judd or, just bitching about things that probably would have happened in game seven. Four game sixes <laughs> in the NHL playoffs on Thursday night. Three will be going to game seven. Yeah, and one had a great learning experience that they can carry forward into the next season with all the young players and all the draft picks. <laughs> Phil? Back to you. Um, but real quick, on-air production meeting for Action Movie Rewind. So it's been like, oh, it's been two, over two years since we first launched. The, it was it was with oh. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. It was with Rami and Jonathan. And we did a bunch of movies before Declan even became part of the show in the summer of, of 2020. And, and there's so many people that we didn't even have a Scornorth YouTube channel at that point. You know, so... I propose that we essentially wipe the slate clean on Action Movie Rewind. And there's so many new listeners to the show over the last couple of years. And we just start from the top. Let's create a list of whether we've done the movies or not. Let's just do let's do some of the classics to start off with. And we, we can put our heads together and come up with a list. But let's, Are you let's, saying I have to watch Point Break again? That's I've exactly what I'm it. saying. Yes. I've never oh, seen it. So I, I personally, yes. on air production Rocky meeting Ford, in the meeting. Point Break. Think, Johnny Utah? Ohio I State think Point Break should be. I think Pike Point should be the first one. We never go in the safe. It. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. We and then we and, the, the other problem with, with the initial iteration of Action Movie Rewind is we didn't really have like a point system. We we did for rom com and we did for for so sports you movie. Throw the point. Throw all the old scoring out. Well, we didn't really have scoring on. No, but I'm saying like we we did a bunch of of scoring then subsequently like throw like just. Wipe the slate totally clean here. Yes, we're gonna we're basically gonna start action movie rewind over again because it's what, been it's been two years since we started want, it. If that's yeah. what the people want, I I want to do what people want because we've done like sixty action movies, you know, and there's still probably twenty that are great that we haven't done yet. But I let's just go let's go back, man. Let's just let's do it. 
Let's do Rocky Four. Let's do Point Break. Let's do Rambo. Let's let's get it on. We will avoid some of the ones that we did, and yes, we will. Yeah. thought we shouldn't have done them. <laughs> uh, I am I, I am gonna probably make you guys watch Bloodsport again because I want I want Declan's take. And Bloodsport's an all time classic, but I know Rami hated it at one point. I can't remember what Judd. Thought. No, we did. Didn't we do Bloodsport? No, we did kick. I did Bloodsport with you guys. I did Kickboxer. I thought Bloodsport pretty much was the, the same first one that we ever did. It was, yes, it was. Pretty sure that's true. So uh, we'll, we'll make a list. Unbelievable. How he didn't win an Oscar for Bloodsport. <laughs> I don't know. Still it's beyond me. One of the great snubs in cinematic history, for sure. Little speed. Definitely speed will be on. Gotta the do list. speed. Yep. Gotta do speed. All right, we will. Quiz, uh, we'll organize. We'll bring back action movie rewind. You know, we just want these Minnesota sports teams to make deep playoff runs and give us championships. But in the absence of that, we're going to start doing movie reviews again. <laughs> so screwed. All right, Mackie and Judd. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.